Listen, kiddo, I get it. I don't like the two-party system. I think our country's corrupt. And quite frankly, I don't want to vote for Biden. It feels like voting for a Republican. But I'm gonna do it. You want to know why? Because the alternative is a fucking fascist. A fascist is a fascist. Maybe we can have the conversation about dismantling the two-party system when a fascist isn't running. Maybe we can do that later, kiddo. Champ. Chief. Maybe we can talk about it later. Let's just endorse Joe today. Let's endorse Joe Biden on the show. I was just going to say that I can't believe Biden with Biden caught on. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's, it's. That is literally really the just, last thing I want to think of as a woman when I think about it <laughs> Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were doing reverse cowgirl with, with Biden and it was like, it was a, <laughs> it was like a, a for Arizona, you know, Texas kind of like voter outreach. Oh and my God. unfortunately that did not catch on nationwide. Um, but yeah, I'm endorsing Joe Biden. You are. Yes. Here's the thing, baby. So like, you know how we got this podcast mm. and we're, we're like successful, right? Mm. Like people listen to it. You know, mm. we're like, you know, Allegedly. Well, some people do. Well, yeah. I, okay. If you don't want to call them people, you don't have to. I think they're people. <laughs> okay. Um, but I was thinking bigger, right? Mm. Like, you know, we do our little thing. You know, we make our little, you know, investigations and our little jokes. And, you know, we, we talk and we're friends and stuff. But I was thinking, what if I left you guys behind? And I became a like mid tier pundit. What's mid tier? Like well, uh, oof, I don't know. Vox, I think level. But oh, wait, here's the thing. So we are we're we're lower than Vox. You think? No, we're just on a different like scale than. Vox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but it's more of a, a horizontal move, if yes. Yeah, yeah. It's lateral. I think that's what lateral means. I've yeah. never made lateral moves, so I'm not sure. <laughs> it's usually been descending. Um, but but I was a thinking, dive. it's like if I. There's like a real market. Well, it's actually kind of getting flooded right now for like guys who are like, oh, I'm like this crazy left winger and like, I hate Joe Biden. And then like, uh, that tell you also to vote for Joe Biden. Like, I think that's, <laughs> that's like a pretty favorite. good. Do you know what's been my favorite actually is um, all the people who come out and that are like, you know, I'm going to vote for him, but I'm not going to like it. Yes. And it's like, who cares? No one's, yeah, yeah. no one's taking account of how you feel. Everyone's like, oh, fine, I'll vote for him. But just so you know, I'm going to grit my teeth through the whole thing and be so mad. It's like, who cares? No one cares. No one cares. You could be happy or you could be sad. And guess what? No one takes account of any of it. Not even the man upstairs, my friend. You don't even have to tell people. You can just go do it. You don't have to tell me. But the re you're telling me and it's, you're telling me for a reason. Yeah, it's why because is, you're ashamed. It's, well, it's ashamed. I think it's ashamed, but then it's also mixed with it's disciplinary. It's saying, oh, well, I'm doing yeah, yeah. it, so. Exactly. Well, that's that's why they're telling it. That's why they're saying it out loud. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, though, I am doing it. Like, yeah. So imagine, so uh, the, uh, my other favorite guy, like just before we go on, uh, is the guys that were like that that really boosted the Tara Reid uh, allegations uh, for months and said that Joe Biden's a rapist and he should drop out and Bernie Sanders should be president. Yeah. And then when that didn't work, deleted all of their tweets about it. And then and then we're telling you to vote for Joe Biden. There's going to be fascism. He thinks you're just thinking of one jaunty fellow. Yes. No. 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 There's a grip of these little cretins. But but here's the thing. I see you doing this shit. If you think 
that I don't, the, I, the, I use the eye emoji for a reason. Everyone thinks that it's, oh, it's brace calling people, oh, it's, it's true not calling people pedophiles. Oh, you're blah, blah. No, it's, I see you, motherfucker. And I see all of you fucking frauds out there. Well, now me, I'm, I'm actually, I wrote in Hillary Clinton. You did? Yeah, I'm, I'm still with her. Jesus Christ, that's an incredible idea. I wrote in uh, Mondale. Unfortunately, I was trying to do like a quirky, like hipster thing. Like, um, look, I'm, I'm retro. Um, unfortunately, I uh, filled in a bunch of wrong bubbles and uh, ended up voting for Joseph Goebbels. Uh, baby, now that we're starting, wait, fuck, I don't know where the other one is. Here we go. I'm ready for it. Election episode, baby. Dual wielding. Oh my God, put those down. I'm ready. You hear that? That's the click. That's the click of the hammer, baby. Yeah, that's uh, both sides, Democrats and Republicans, one mm-hmm. in each hand. Right there, baby. Well, we should say that this is the first ever true non election episode. Mm-hmm. This is the first ever presidential election during the time that we've been making this podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, people might remember our like pretty extensive coverage of the royal family in Thailand. You know, Liz and oh, I absolutely. were sure. flown out there. Young Chomsky's banned from the country for something from the 90s. Um, but, but this is our first American presidential election. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, welcome Decision Desk, True Anon. We're here. We're talking the election. I don't know. I got mm-hmm. nothing. I was trying to <laughs> rhyme it, and you, there's nothing to rhyme. And you know what? I'll tell you what. It's it's People might have noticed that people often try to call us like a left-wing podcast, but we're mm. just a regular podcast. Yeah. And so we don't have to do this today. I just want to be clear about that. We're doing this as a choice. Yes. Our podcast, our choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, with that being said, we are a podcast. My name is uh, Joe Biden's uh, dead son, Bo Biden. Uh, I'm joined here by his dead wife. I can, we can't do that. I'm Dr. Liz Biden. Yes. Uh, and of course, our producer, Hunter Biden, has, yeah. is joining us here today. Uh, live How? from what appears to be the Chateau Marmont in uh, Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Um, but yeah, we did give the game away. We are doing an election show or election sh- election episode, and we should say that um, because this is true and on, we're doing it a little bit different because mm-hmm. uh, we're not here to talk about the candidates, to talk about <laughs> your other regular podcasts covering the election you know what they the do polls they talk about the polls you know what they talk about they talk about the people running for president who care i don't care uh-huh. we don't care don't at Trunon. who cares what what are you gonna give me you i know? don't even know who's running for president here's the thing we are talking about polls and we are talking about erections but we're not <laughs> talking about <laughs> what else do we got what else do we got we got we got little putting little things into slots Oh my um, god! Uh, we've got hidden things that shall never be revealed, uh, and of course the Bidens. 
Uh, yeah, okay. So we actually, we got a lot to talk about, but we got to start this off with, um, to ease us into our conversation about the election and the stuff that they won't tell you that's going on with this election. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about Hunter Biden, don't we? Yes, we do. You know, I was I was talking to a friend of mine uh, uh, the other day and uh, just asked, you know, what did you think of the Hunter Biden mm. pictures? Like those were pretty those are pretty funny, right? I mean, that's that's incredible that someone would film themselves and, and photograph themselves doing those kind of things. And she said to me, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one seems to have seen these um, except for you and me because you keep sending them to me. I have um, sent I have sent the M M&M and M one several times to Liz. Sometimes very late at night. <laughs> yeah, please stop doing that. Well, um, we don't have HR. This is why this is why we didn't hire HR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but no. So for people that don't know, because that's kind of the the big the big the bigger story about this is that most people don't know is that a bunch of Hunter Biden's text messages and emails uh, were leaked to some outlets in the press. And we're going to get into details with that. Um, But as Brace mentioned, literally no one really knows about this, Um, which is maybe, which is part of the more interesting aspect of the story that we also want to get into. Yeah. I mean, that's really the incredible thing. I think that most people's sort of interaction with this uh, comes from, if you were on, for instance, Twitter on October 14th, you would have noticed a sort of hullabaloo. I don't know if that's the correct word to use, hubbub, uh, surrounding the New York Post uh, tweeting out uh, a story they published entitled Smoking Gun Emails Reveal How Hunter Biden Introduced Ukrainian Businessmen to VP Dad. Uh, this story quickly disappeared from Twitter. And, quite literally. Uh, like, quite literally. literally disappeared. It was deleted. <laughs> Yes, and within minutes, the New York Post was locked out of their Twitter account. I, I saw Ed Opperman, radio host uh, in friend of the show, tweeted, I cannot send pictures of Hunter Biden through DMs. And I, I messaged him. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Are the pictures actually out there? And he emails them to me. I try sending them to other people. They are, uh, let's say, not sent through either Twitter yeah. or Facebook Messenger. Neither is the New York Post story. I mean, this is a total and complete lockdown. Yeah, I had never seen anything like this before. Um, it, I was, like, really shocked. I, I was on Twitter when it happened. And, uh, it, I mean, it's funny because I follow, I follow, you know, I follow the New York Post, of course. But I also follow a couple of people who work for them. Um, that guy, Sorab Amari or whatever, who's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the convert. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, but, uh, and he was, like, going off on, you know, he he was rare to go everyone was in conservative media was like couldn't believe it and everyone else kind of didn't talk about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it yeah I, I mean it was it was a pretty i mean we'll get on to this later because there's a lot i mean th- this was sort of replicated uh in many different ways throughout the media and throughout big tech mm-hmm. um but it but it was sort of astounding to see and, and the story took shape over the next few days or really the next day, about what exactly happened. So what what we sort of come to understand, one story of what happened, is that in April 2019, Hunter Biden saunters into a uh, laptop or a computer repair store in Wilmington, Delaware, and tries to drop off a few things. 
The owner is a guy named John Paul MacIsaac. Uh, he said he couldn't do much about most of the stuff that Hunter brought in because I assume it was just like E crack pipes. Uh, but he did have a hard drive, and MacIsaac was like, "I can do that. Give it to me." I'll, uh, it, uh, Hunter wanted the uh, the data recovered. MacIsaac said it would be eighty five bucks. It'll be ready in two weeks. Hunter's like, "Bam, perfect." Leaves, never pays the bill, never picks it up. I mean, who among us? Yeah. Well, when I was a junkie, I did leave a uh, a stolen jacket uh, that I believe Mark Cross stole from me from American Apparel at a dry cleaners because I couldn't afford like the $8 to pick it up. I don't know how much mm. dry cleaners cost. Hunter has plenty of money, as we'll also get into. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's weird is that then McIsaac says that like he noticed just quote unquote disturbing items on the hard drive and mm-hmm. he calls the FBI. That's what he says. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but he also... (laughs) The thing is, okay, maybe the FBI has the hard drive, but Rudy Giuliani also has the hard drive. Yeah. Which which, leads me to believe that something's going on here. So I'm pretty sure the FBI did confirm that it had the the laptop, but Mm -hmm. it's unclear exactly how and why Giuliani has it. And it sounds like it's not just Giuliani that has it. No, from from my research and 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 baby, I have looked. Me and Liz have been very busy in the past in the past uh, little while. Um, from my research, uh, it appears that it's not just like a story of Rudy Giuliani fucking up another leak. Mm. It is a story that encompasses everything from multiple Chinese billionaires to the Falun Gong to Steve <laughs> Bannon arrested on a yacht. Uh, it, it it is it, it there are and many also people involved high tech military technology <laughs> yes yes fighter jets uh barisma foot uh, jobs foot jobs crack cocaine uh m&ms on a dick a several pictures of a penis being measured by that sort of measuring tape that like young yeah. chomsky uses the uh, messiest bedroom you've ever seen horrible bedroom horrible How bedroom horrible what is going on with that Smoking crack while driving. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, oh, and U.S. backed coups in Eastern Europe. Yes. So welcome so th- everyone to the True and On Election Special. <laughs> yes, because baby, this is not just. Here's the thing. I think when a lot of people saw this fucking story, they were just like, "Oh, it's a fucking October surprise." Mm. You know, it's the Republicans trying to bounce out with something and take Biden down. Right, right. They but his emails, etc. Exactly. It's literally the same precise exact playbook as 2016, right? Mm. Uh, but it's a lot more than that. Yeah, this story is much weirder and much deeper. And, um, you know, (laughs) we kind of laid out some buzzwords there, and we're going to try and touch on all of them. Um, I think that in order to really kind of, like, back up for a second, I want to try and, like, give some people the, like, uh, TLDR about Hunter Biden and his, like, shady business dealings. Because there's a lot of, like... Uh, weird reporting around it, and it's kind of hard to piece together, like, what's going on here, um, and what this has to do with the emails, if it does have to do with the emails, or anything like that. Um, we should say that, like, that company, Burisma, the Ukrainian mm-hmm. gas company that has come up, uh, people have probably, if, even if they don't know anything about this story, they probably heard a little bit of that name, right? Mm-hmm. You should say that, like, that was in the news in 2014, 
Like there's been, there has been a lot of reporting uh, pre this election cycle uh, with Hunter's ties to to Burisma and questioning Joe Biden and his his role, both official and unofficial, um, as kind of like you know the Ukrainian Ukrainian kind of touchstone for the U.S. Uh, for the Obama administration. Um, so like some most, a lot of that stuff isn't new. I just kind of want to like make that clear. Um, because I do think that there's a lot of people that they hear any of these kind of words and they think like, ah, disinformation, fake news. Like you said, October surprise, not going to mm-hmm. listen, not going to hear it. Call Snopes, call fact checkers, ding, ding, ding. Or, and it's like, yeah, or, no, no, no. They no. It's fake from the get go. Yeah, yeah. And like, no, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to see if I can break this down just like briefly because, uh, like we said, this is a bit of a complicated story, but a very interest. I, th- I think it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So this story is a bit more complicated than even like than pretty much anyone in the media is reporting. But we do. I do want to give a shout out to Matt Taibbi, um, who's done some actually really good in depth reporting on his Substack about this, trying to kind of piece together from his senses. Um, like what's kind of going on and, and, you know, with his knowledge of kind of Ukrainian and Russian oligarchs, which who feature quite prominently in this story. Absolutely Um, do. Yeah. And Mark Ames in 2014 also did some great reporting Um, and additional shout out to Michael Hudson from UMKC, who was all over this in in 2014 as well. Um, So some people have heard Hunter Biden received a salary of around $600,000 annually from Burisma uh, there was also rumors that they transferred about $150,000 monthly to Rosemont Seneca Partners, remember that name, which is a company that belonged to Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, and Christopher Hines. Who are these whack jobs, baby? So, well, you know Hunter Biden. He is the son of mm-hmm. Joe Biden, the man you voted for, for president. The prodigious son. <laughs> yes. Uh, Christopher Hines is the son of Teresa Hines Carey, the oh, name I love to say. We love that. That goes better together than ketchup and mustard, baby. We yeah. love the Hines Carey combination, don't little we? Little throwback there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's aka he's the stepson of John Kerry, the former sec- Secretary of State. Remember that mm-hmm. John Kerry was Secretary of State under reporting Obama. for duty, sweetheart. Uh, Devin Archer is. Christopher Hines' best buddy slash college roommate. Um, So that's kind of this little trio that we're talking about. And there was an investigation over the relationship between uh, Christopher Hines and specifically Hunter Biden that was, and and Burisma, excuse me, that was launched by the prosecutor general's office in Ukraine at the time. But like that entire investigation was interrupted. People might know about that because mm-hmm. that's another thing that a lot of the right right wing oppo dumps keep bringing up. Um, is there like you know there's a famous kind of quote from Biden where he's talking at, <laughs> I think it's the Council on Foreign Relations. <laughs> it's actually no, it's actually it's it's I thought so too, but then I googled it. It's actually the Council on Female Relations. Oh um, God, it's sort of like a self help group for guys, like an Iron John kind of thing. <laughs> Where he's he's trying to teach them how to go their own way. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we did well. So Joe Biden is the guy who taught me primal scream. You know that I do that before in 
you know, and after every episode. Oh my God. And so that's kind of like the sort of thing he was at. Yeah. So, but there's that famous quote about him getting the prosecutor out of Ukraine. I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Well, son of a bitch, <laughs> got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. So that's like kind of high level what a lot of reporters have touched on from like 2014 on. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's like there's a lot more to this story that we kind of have to get into to kind of paint the full picture. So I want to go back to like Ukraine 2014, if we can. Now, hope I don't know. Most of our listeners probably know what happened in Ukraine in 2014. Uh, But there's a little event we like to call the Euromaidan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm we're, I'm just gonna say the color revolution. You're amazing. No, babe. No, no. Here's what it was. It was a bunch of guys who got together. They were like, "Holy fuck, dude! I want to be Poland. I love oh Poland. Yeah. And 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 I want to join the EU and maybe even get into NATO. And so yes. what they did is they they got together and they had this 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 protest. Uh, and it was amazing because it was like the whole cross section of Ukrainian society. Uh, especially neo-Nazis, uh, yeah, who are yeah. one of the most underrepresented minorities in Ukrainian political life. And so, you know, the thing is, it was beautiful. We had a diversity of tactics. We had people, uh, you know, snipers on the roof, and we also had petrol pumps in the street. And, and <laughs> yeah. to me, I think the most beautiful thing about it was all of the different neo-Nazi groups, from Azov to Right Sector, all getting together mm. and like jo- sort of joining this popular front for freedom and democracy. Yeah, it's beautiful when you can see the uh, different factions of the right put down their disagreements and come together mm-hmm. for their greater good of joining the European Union. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's... Christ. I love you the know, idea I, that it's like, literally, it's like a bunch of Nazis who are like, we just need to be in the EU. <laughs> well, to be, you know my theory on the EU, baby. It was a bunch of Nazis know, who were like, we need to do the EU. Anyway, so um, we should probably do an episode on that. Anyway, um, okay, so you've got Euromaidan in 2014. Yanukovych flees to Russia in the wake of this uh, color revolution. That's the president of Ukraine. Yeah, so he flees to Russia. Um, Let's Burisma, the company we were just mentioning, the big gas company in Ukraine, the founder of that, Mykola Zhlovsky, I think that's how you say it. Very nice. Um. Who's like a an oligarch's oligarch? <laughs> he's like he's like a real fucking mobster. Um, so he was like tied up all in Yanukovych's regime. He was actually like the ecology minister, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, but you know, not that different to the way the fucking U.S. has. I was like, about to say that they really are becoming a democracy. Yeah, yeah, totally. But so he was basically like a, a benefactor of Yanukovych. And like when with all the chaos of Maidan and then the new regime coming in, like Burisma's assets basically come under like s- 
strict scrutiny. And it's basically like kind of like a bunch of vultures coming in, fire sale, because he doesn't have the protection of the state anymore on all mm-hmm. his activities. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of what happens in Russia, you know, or especially Absolutely. what happened in Russia. Yeah. So Zhlovsky basically needs what you would kind of call like a new power base to secure his assets from like multinationals coming in with lawsuits and trying to like divide everything up. So this is from Machaibi's reporting. He wrote, within six weeks of the revolution, the firm brought big names onto its board, including former Polish president Alexander Kwasniewski. Very nice. Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, pal to Hunter and college roommate of Christopher Hines, the stepson to Secretary of State John Kerry, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, and they would la- later add former CIA counterterrorism chief Koffer Black, which is a funny little <laughs> detail. Um, yes. And uh, Taibbi goes on to describe being uh, Burisma that basically a, a mob enterprise gearing up to defend itself against multinational lawsuits and seizure orders. They had to hire a decorative cover including the next president of Poland, the son of a sitting U.S. vice president, and a close family friend and business partner of the son of the American Secretary of State. Not exactly subtle and far beyond nepotism. So what it looks like to me here is that this company, formerly close or close to the former regime, is now sort of it lost in, in dark waters and needs to, to build itself a raft. And that raft it builds out of big names so that multinationals will be a little afraid to take them on because you're not just taking on this sort of mafia company. I mean, you are, but you're also taking on a mafia company that's connected to the son of the American vice president, the former Polish president. And so this is a pretty smart move on their part. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like very blatant. Like it's not yeah. even, there's, I think I like that um, Tybee says it's not subtle because it's a real big, it's kind of a big dick move a little bit, right? Yeah, and as Chayibi says, he says, the Burisma board deals were a protection scheme funded with stolen money and designed to scare off commercial rivals and would-be regulators alike. Archer and Hunter Biden, even if they never did a minute of work for Burisma, were being paid to provide a criminal enterprise with the appearance of American protection. So exactly like what you said. And that's, mm. I think that's the thing is that like it wasn't exactly... Um, uh, the way the right kind like was trying at some point, they've pretty much dropped all the Ukraine stuff, um, which we'll get into. But the way they were trying to like play it up to everyone was that like this was a big deal that Hunter was using to then connect to you know Joe Biden to yep. oligarchs in Ukraine, blah 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 blah. I think it's a little less clear cut that i i think the thing that people don't understand about this the the way the kind of these like deals work in the world is that like it doesn't have to be explicit influence doesn't really work that way like no one's like dang we need to get introduced to joe biden like the sun's already there that's soft influence do you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like no absolutely yeah it's it's people people The way, like what you were saying, the right sort of tried to portray this as Hunter Biden was being paid a bribe by Burisma in -hmm. order for Burisma to get access to Joe Biden to get more favorable deals. Now, obviously not without, not out of the realm of possibility, but it, it does look like the real purpose of Burisma hiring Hunter Biden was to insulate Burisma from outside, uh, like you said, vultures. Mm. And I think in the case of the prosecutor that gets fired, that might be, I mean, certainly Joe Biden was not going around to other countries and getting them to fire prosecutors. Right. Yeah, I do think that, I mean, my suspicion with them firing the prosecutor, which, by the way, like, that 
happened and is totally crazy. And it, again, we'll get into this later in the show, but like, it's totally insane the way that people are just like whitewashing that. <laughs> someone, someone told me when I, when I, I asked that question online, someone was like, well, it's not just the US that wanted him gone. Like the EU and the IMF wanted him gone too. I'm oh. like, all right. <laughs> I think, I think that like, I think that people think I'm sure, listen, there is no doubt in my mind that this prosecutor was corrupt, right? Like, mm. I have, I, you know, I've been to Ukraine. I have a lot of friends in Ukraine. If the fucking, like, chief prosecutor uh, there was not corrupt, I would eat my own shit. And I will never do that. You know, it's, it's, I think the thing we run into in this story a lot, in a lot of this Hunter Biden stuff, is that one side is doing something bad. And so the other side has to have at least a little bit of innocence or goodness to them. But no, basically, nobody that we're talking about today is a uh, good person. Well, no, it's also just like, uh, you know, just because what, like, like you say, just because we're pointing to the thing that's bad doesn't automatically then mean the other flip side of it is good. Yeah. There could be multiple bad actors doing multiple bad things at once. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. I don't understand this, like, black, white um, kind of, and by the way, when I say bad, I don't, I don't mean in, like, a moralizing sense, like, yeah. you're being a bad person. I mean, like, you know, doing shady fucking business deals. <laughs> You know, yeah. doing the stuff that their position incentivizes them to do, by the way. Um, but, and, you know, my point about the prosecutor, I just want to get back to that really quick. It's like, you know, um, like that happened and he admitted that. And now I, my suspicion is that it's not because there's some smoking gun connection, but because they just didn't want any heat of looking into shadiness with Hunter Biden, which would look bad on Joe and Obama. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like really my my suspicion. Yeah, I mean, that would absolutely be an embarrassment to the U.S. if the vice yeah. president's son was implicated in a mafia company in Ukraine. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I are mean, you out of your fucking mind? After the U.S. just helped throw a fucking neo-Nazi revolution. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's not just Ukraine that is kind of in the mix here with Hunter Biden, right? So the the other big fish that's all up in this is China. China. And I love the way Trump says it. China. 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 <laughs> he does it like that. Yeah, he does. Very he simple China. man. Like me China. and people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Liz, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Liz has Liz has Valley Girl cadence," or like Liz uh, has vocal fry. No, Liz talks like Donald Trump. Yeah, that's Trump, baby. It's like she she just talks like Trump. Yeah, we should mention another thing before we move on from Ukraine, which is Giuliani, because he yes. shows up here. <laughs> well. I- I'm sure most of our listeners remember when... Actually, you know what? I'm not sure that you remember this because whoever thinks about this, but remember when Trump got impeached? Um, <laughs> no. I mean, like, what? Do you guys remember that? Like, Trump got impeached. You know, it's like, that was such... That was the definition of just bullshit. Like, nothing. There was no... Not, that did nothing. That, that happened this year. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
So, so I, I'm sure you remember, like, at the heart of that story was Rudy Giuliani, uh, you know, heading to Ukraine to apparently search for information, shake down some motherfuckers, and look for stuff on Hunter Biden. Um, when Giuliani went to Ukraine, that was during a time when, well, let me first explain about certain practice in Ukraine. The, the buying and selling of somebody's like cell phone or computer information in Ukraine is apparently very common. They even have a word for it, which I forgot to write down and thus won't repeat. But it's like actually a huge problem in Ukraine, especially among the political set. And so around this time, and there have been rumors about this for a while. I've heard rumors about this for a while. There was somebody in Ukraine that was selling Hunter Biden's information and his pictures and his emails for around $5 million. He approached a bunch of... Prope- I know, it's like not that bad a deal. He, like, he, he approached a bunch of prospective buyers, uh, a, a couple of them interviewed by Time Magazine, turned them down. I'll, I'll, I'll read from that real quick. The two people who said they were approached with Hunter Biden's alleged emails last year did not know whether any of them were real and they declined to identify who was behind the offers, the first of which came in late May 2019 and the second in mid-September 2019. Uh, It goes on to say that they don't know if this is the exact same information that's now being put out there by uh, Giuliani and Bannon and stuff. But like May 2019, this stuff has been out there for a while. Some Mm. of this stuff could be other stuff. We don't know. Certainly there are a lot of nefarious things that an American who's addicted to sex and drugs could get up to in Ukraine. Uh, Very few of which I want to think about. It's really crazy too, just to pause for a second, uh, that the Democrats knew all about this since May 2019 and still fucking pushed Biden. But we can get into that when we talk about the politics of all this. Yes. It's very, it's pretty, I don't know. I have some tinfoil hat theories on that. Yeah, it is. It is. It is sort of astounding to think about this stuff. Like almost none of this stuff was a secret. And like we've known about a lot of this stuff just in in sort of a vague way for quite a while and he was still pushed as the safe choice um but but you know there was all these rumors going around about hunter biden in ukraine and that's that's really what i think part of the reason that giuliani went out there i don't think it's the whole reason giuliani went out there which we'll get to in a sec but it's definitely part of the reason that he, he he went out there um and so you know they're 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 like like liz was saying the ukraine stuff is basically it, there's nothing there, really. I mean, th- you know, there's there's this corruption, and obviously, you know, these American people collaborating with this mafia mm. and, and somebody using his father's position to make himself money and his father probably helping him out. But, like, the, 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 the thing is, like, if you remember, the Epoch Times in 2019 was one of the fourth, I believe the fourth biggest spender on Facebook ads all about Biden in Ukraine. And we'll talk mm. about how that connects to everything in a second. But this was a major Republican talking point. And yeah. the major Democratic talking point was actually he did nothing wrong. That's a perfectly normal business arrangement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that it's, what you know, that it's not a big deal. I mean, I do think it's a big deal, but only in the sense that like also like Kushner's deals are a big, de- you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. all very like run of the mill, soft corruption, that, that the Biden family has kind of made a name of for themselves. <laughs> yes. Um, we we know, haven't even talked about his brother yet. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the man himself. I mean, there's, you know, there's all this stuff, uh, you know, from his time as a senator in Delaware that, I mean, he's basically bought and sold for, like, by DuPont. Mm-hmm. They called him the senator from MBNA. Now, remember that, of course, that was the first time where Hunter got a job. He was set up with a with a gig at MBNA, 
which mm-hmm. bankrolled like Joe Biden's entire fucking career. There was like yeah. a there was like a thing. <laughs> it was like right before Hunter got the job. Uh, it came out that Biden sold his house to an executive at MVNA and MVA, excuse me, uh, for nearly twice the appraised price. <laughs> his house. Maybe he fixed it up really good. Maybe he put in like stained glass or something. I don't know, like a, one of those pizza ovens. that's like a stone oven in the backyard. You know, you see people with those online sometimes. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he has like an indoor gym now that he put in. Uh, you don't know so what he much. did. So much, yeah. But, you know, for people who don't know, like, I mean, I don't want to even get into that much about Joe Biden, but I will say that, like, you know, DuPont basically turned Delaware into what they called the Luxembourg of the United States. And, mm. and there's a reason why all the credit card companies and the banks are all there and in, Wil- in Wilmington. Um, and it's just, you know, Joe Biden has been fucking instrumental in the complete and total deregulation and hostile takeover of the finance industry. Anyway... Yeah, well, but I mean, not to say that we don't love Delaware. I'm, of course, recording this episode from our office uh, that's not empty 99% of the year on 7th Street in Wilmington. Um, of course, you can write True and Not Incorporated here. We are incorporated here. Um, it's a beautiful state, and I love it very much. So, live from the DuPont basement, <laughs> it's True and Not. Okay, anyway, so the other, so like we said, we got to get into the China stuff because. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where the focus is now with both the Biden with just both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And this is actually like there is a bit of there there that we kind of need to get into. This is an interesting story. So, most of this is actually like for for all the journalists not reporting on any of this and saying that it's fake or not not news, like almost all of this is laid out incredibly clearly in the New, a New Yorker profile of Hunter Biden from 2019. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure many of you so people remember remember that profile. It was obviously sort of like it was a product of the Biden campaign, right? Because oh, they knew yeah. the stuff about Hunter was going to get out. They wanted to get ahead of the story and get a sympathetic profile, which they essentially got. They got a profile of a broken man who made a lot of mistakes. One of which, by the way, I, I do want to include this. I don't know where Hunter Biden, when his after his brother Bo died suddenly, started fucking his dead brother's wife. In fact, I have a photograph of him jerking off on FaceTime while looking at her face. It's mislabeled as his cousin, which it's not. That'd be better than it being his fucking. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. Not really sure that that jerking off in front of your Ugh. fucking dead brother's wife is is much better than that. Oh my God, Hunter. Anyways, continue, m'lady. Okay, so uh, Devin Archer, remember that guy? Mm-hmm. He's uh, he was on the board of Barisma with Hunter uh, and and you know the old Polish president. Uh, so Devin Archer and Hunter in 2012 have a meeting with Jonathan Lee. This is a guy who runs a Chinese private equity firm called Bohai Capital. Um, And they meet with them to discuss becoming partners in a new company whose purpose would be investing Chinese capital in companies outside of China. Right? Okay. So Bohai is like China's oldest private equity firm. Um, it's like a really big deal. It's fully backed by like the Bank of China. I mean, it's like no, a, it's, it's it's incredible. I, when I think of the achievements that the dictatorship or the proletariat has wrought <laughs> in China, and just like when I think of like Mao and Yan'an, and mm. he was when he was writing, you know, and and his his beautiful poetry, I think that like I'm so glad it all led to this. 
Yeah, well, this is actually the transition. We're, what we're in is now, this is the dangest transition from private equity to public equity. <laughs> yes, there we go. I actually do think there's like a 3% chance that China actually does do the whole like socialism by 2050 thing. And if they do, I'm so sorry, guys. It is my bad. I'm only, I'm not that much of a Maoist. I can evolve just like China. I can become a dangus. No fucking problem. Forgive me. <laughs> okay. So, um... In uh, 2013, Lee from Bohai Capital, Archer, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a Hunter, of course, and some other partners who, and I believe, and I'm, I swear to God, I'm not fucking kidding you, Whitey Bulger's nephew. <sighs> that is only one. All right, so that is only one of the weird people. We also have uh, uh, the Reverend Sun Ki Moon's son also involved in the story, but I don't know if we have enough time to get into that. But go yeah. on. There's um, a lot in here. Okay. I'm trying to give you guys the... the, There's so much more to get into. Maybe we'll include some links, some reading people can do. Anyway, so they create a fund, these guys, uh, that they name BHR Partners. This includes... So BHR Partners makes a couple other deals. They make some big deals with the Bank of China. They, um, you know, they make some deals with Hunter's Rosemont Seneca Partners equity firm, Right. Uh, and Rosemont Seneca, by the way, uh, which is owned by, again, just keeping track, Hunter, Hines, and Archer. Uh, they have, they're have a 30% owner of BHR. So they make uh, a, you know some deals prior to this, but this is like the big one. So in 2015, BHR joins with the automotive subsidiary of a Chinese state-owned military aviation contractor. <laughs> called Aviation Excuse Industry me? Corporations, okay. or AVIC. I'm going to call it that from now on, AVIC. Um, and so they partner with them to basically facilitate the purchase of an American dual-use parts manufacturer called Henegis. I don't know if that's exactly how you say that. H-E-N-N-I-G-E-S. Henegis, yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're out of Michigan. They're They're a big deal. They're a big American company. Um, I, and I want to stress that, you know, AVIC is like the largest, one of the largest military contractors in China and produces like a wide variety of like fighter bomber jets, you know, they're like a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a scandal during the Obama years actually, and this will tie into what we're getting into later that, uh, basically, uh, Chinese spies were gaining information on the USF 35, the plane, uh, and the, the, uh, there was like reports in the Wall Street Journal at the time that AVIC was involved in all a bunch of stolen F-35 technology, which, w- you know, looking at the F-35, I say, hey, go for it. Have at it. Well, the thing is, so for those of you who don't know what the F-35 is, it is like, you know what F-16s, F-14s are? It is the next generation fighter jet that the mm. U.S. has been producing for quite a long time. It is a price tag of like what, like a trillion dollars or something. Yeah. And it is sort of notorious and has become a joke, not only in circles like my circles, which are circles of guys who work out a lot and, uh, you know, stuff like that, but also like in military circles. It's like one of those things that nobody likes this thing. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't and, and work. <laughs> I, like I, I'm not fucking with you here. Like trying to make a joke. It literally just doesn't work. They have been down by a rain, b birds, c wind, d just won't start. They are the one of the in in simulated dogfights with older model jets, jets from twenty, thirty, forty years ago. These lose. Yeah. 
So we should also, when you say next generation, uh, you know, fighter jets, I want to say that what we're talking about is like a, a, it's a stealth jet, right? It's like the, a a jet that literally cannot be detected, uh, Mm. completely silent, basically disappears, et cetera, et cetera. Like this is a big deal, big deal, military technology. Uh, and yeah, the U S can't figure it out, (laughs) but we're going to keep trying. So anyway, if China wants to steal that, uh, I don't see the problem. But Go right ahead. Anyway, it was a big scandal during the Obama years. Um, so September 2015, AVIC and BHR, right? They acquire this Hennage's Automotive Company. This is again, they're like, uh, you know, big, big automotive and and uh, aerospace company. Uh, but specifically, they're the world's leading designer and manufacturer of anti-vibration technology. Now, mm-hmm. what would need anti-vibration technology? I could certainly think of a few women that... No, okay. Okay, okay, won't say that, won't say that. I knew Uh, you were going to do that. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I really didn't... I'll just, to be clear, I didn't want to say that. Mm. It was like a reflex. Uh, I would say possibly a next generation fighter jet would need anti-vibration technology. You would be correct. Uh, So this deal was valued at around $600 million, and it was a joint acquisition between AVEC and BHR, but because of the nature of the company, it needed federal approval. And so I'm going to throw out an alleged here, which we haven't done in a while, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's alleged that that's why they partnered with BHR. Because if you recall, not only is BHR uh, owned by Hunter Biden, the at this time, the son of the current vice president, but it's also uh, staffed by the the stepson of the current Secretary of State. So what appears to me to be happening here is essentially the same thing that happened with Burisma, mm-hmm. which is that these people sold their proximity to power, sold, traded on their names, and became not only, in, in this case, more than the shield that they were to Burisma, but it actually be, were able to, 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 what's that famous quote about that guy in the, the Sproul Plaza in Berkeley? They'll throw my body upon the machine. Oh, they right. themselves threw their body upon the machine, but <laughs> yeah. their bodies were made of lubricant, particularly the kind that you pour on feet in a really crummy hotel room while you smoke crack. Uh, and so they lubed this machine that got them over yes. uh, this, this deal uh, deal together. Absolutely, yeah. So it's basically alleged that they, they expedited the federal approval of this deal, um, which is why that deal happened. Mm-hmm. So I want to, like, there's, there's more to that specific deal, um, but I do want to say that actually China, the, the story of Burisma and Ukraine and the story with Hunter Biden and China actually have more to do with one another than just kind of what Brace laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's fast forward to 2019, okay? Yep, I'm here. Wow, it's great. No coronavirus. <laughs> I, I'm going to throw out a company called Motor Sick. Motor Sick. Okay. I'm just going to call I'm it imagine that. this company makes really fucking cool big rigs that seek guys drive. 
Yeah. And they it's, have like the murals on the side. You ever seen those? They're pretty good. Yeah. Really sick motors. Yes. Uh, or, or or they they make cool motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. So it's spelled motor as in motor and sick as in S-I-C-H. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is a Ukrainian manuf- manufacturer of airplanes and helicopters. And it's actually one of the oldest uh, in the Eastern Bloc and like the largest in the world. Mm-hmm. One of the largest in the world. Um, it inherited like a ton of Soviet engine manufacturing capabilities, technology, research, intellectual property, etc. Soviets um, were pretty good at making helicopters at certain points. Yeah. So it's actually a really big deal in um, like aerospace aviation manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, same year, China basically becomes Ukraine's biggest uh, and largest like main main trading partner. The mm. the deals between the the Chinese and the Ukrainians are quite vast. We'll say. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Um and around this time, Ukraine stopped Motorsik from producing technology for Russian jets because if you might recall, there's a little bit of a problem in a region called Crimea between the Russians and the Ukrainians. Those are not Russians there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when people were trying to say no, that? those like, are not you Ukrainians just, there, like, dude. They, they, you can just say that they're Russians. Like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, though, yeah. I don't want. Yeah. to I uh, no comment on this. No episode. comment. Maybe but I Patreon did have episode. a guy DM me being like, "Hey, like I want to go fight in for the DNR," and I was like, yeah, "No, I would maybe, maybe just take like a safari or something." <laughs> like I don't think it's a you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that you really want to go there. But so I should say that like Russian manufacture, like Russian contracts accounted for about 80% of Motor 6 production. So when they, when Ukraine like banned them from doing that, they were like in a serious bind and losing all this, you know, they were losing money. So who would, who, but the Chinese should step in, right? The Chinese Mm -hmm. show up and they're like, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to buy a majority share. We're going to be, I'm going to buy a majority share of your company. Not only that. Uh-huh. Not only that, but Wait we're going to open. We're going to open a production, a second production facility in China. We're expanding. We're expanding, baby. What a fucking deal! Let's take it. Huge deal. Huge deal. So, why would the question is why would the Chinese be interested in this company, Motorsick? Uh, again, something to do with the dictatorship of the proletariat. I, I don't. I don't know. Oh, wait, aerospace manufacturing. Trying to keep up with America with the F-35. Wait, is China <laughs> developing a next-gen fighter jet, Liz? <laughs> that is correct. Now, the U.S. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, the U.S. and China are currently in a, basically an arms race um, mm-hmm. between the F-35 and, and the Chinese version, which is called the J-20. Well, one of them is called the J-20. Uh, I've heard that Canada is also developing one called the G-8. No. <laughs> But uh, the J-20 is actually pretty serious. Um, my understanding is that there were recently some demonstrations on Chinese state television that show it in some successful, like, dogfights. I don't I don't really know because um, I haven't watched them. But uh, right now, we should say that the this is an important point. The Chinese can't manufacture engines themselves. They actually have to go through Russia. So mm. if they were to then open a, man, a manufacturing facility in China... Through this company, this Ukrainian company, which, by the way, is one of the world's largest and best and oldest manufacturers, they would no longer have to rely on Russia 
to make fighter jets that would also enable them to sell these fighter jets to basically whoever they wanted without Russia's uh, approval. Because that's the thing, right? It, the J-20 is a really powerful jet, and a powerful jet needs a powerful en- I sound like a commercial for it. I love that. Uh, a powerful jet needs a powerful engine. And the only engine that they could find that was powerful enough was one made by a Russian company, because Russia is, of course, also working on a next-gen fighter. And mm-hmm. so China, up until this point, they were like, well, we're going to have to get the Russian, you know, the Russian fucking uh, technology out of here. You know, that means that, you know, you don't really want to be reliant on another country totally, especially not manufacturing in another country for your sort of top tier military weapons. Seems like a bad idea. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that, like, uh, regardless of the massive resources that the Chinese have devoted to this, they have failed to, like, develop their aircraft engines with a large overhaul capacity like they just can't do it and so Mm. they really i mean look the key is they need the access to the soviet technologies which this ukrainian manufacturer has okay i hope that everyone's with us because now enter a company called sky (laughs) risen i love yeah the elder scroll sky (laughs) risen yeah i'm a sky risenist Um, (laughs) yes no, so the Sky Ryzen Aviation is a Beijing company, and they're the ones that come in to make a bid to acquire a 56% stake in Motorsick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, this includes uh, building a facility in China for production, access to IP, etc. Sky Ryzen is a subsidiary of the Aero Engine Corporation of China, AECC, whose majority shareholder is AVIC. No. Yes! <laughs> The company Hunter Biden's equity firm BHR partnered with to secure the anti-vibration technology. Incredible! For the J-20. Okay, okay, okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. All right, so it goes on. So basically, the U.S. gets wind of what the Chinese are trying to do, and they're like, uh, sorry, don't don't think so. Sorry, guys. Not gonna happen. So mm-hmm. in August of 2019, last year, John Bolton makes a trip to Ukraine. Now, some people re- might remember this um, because there was actually this was actually a big to do, um, particularly in hashtag resistance media. Um, there was, you know, there was some stuff about Trump trying to get information on the Bidens. Uh, John Bolton was over there. And at the time, like Bolton basically warns that allowing China to have such a large stake in the aerospace company in, in Motor Sick would come with great risk to Ukrainian security and sovereignty. Um, and this is what he said. He said, this is an issue that I think is significant for Ukraine, but also significant for the U.S., for Europe, for Japan, for Australia, Canada. China is using trade surpluses to gain economic leverage in countries around the world to profit from defense technologies that others have developed. Now, I love the countries that he names. Yes. (laughs) Just like letting everyone know who the American allies (laughs) are on this. Well, I, I, you know, a curious thing about this, you know, he threatens their security and sovereignty. You know, you could take that a couple of different ways, but 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 wasn't, you know, one of the big scandals here that Trump was perhaps not going to give them some money for defense? Yeah, so that's the whole thing is that that's what a bunch of the resistance people latched on to. Because so at this mm-hmm. time, Trump announces that he's considering blocking like four, about $400 million in defense aid to Ukraine. 
this all got tied up in Russiagate nonsense because basically they were saying, oh, he's he's stopping Ukraine from having aid because he wants to back Daddy Putin in the war mm-hmm. in Crimea. This is simple brain stuff. We're laying it out yeah. here on True and On. No, or no, he's no. saying, give me the dirt, give me the dirt, give me the dirt on Hunter Biden, right. or I'm not going to give you this money. Yeah, it was one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, either way, Master Puppeteer Putin, of course. Um, yeah. yeah, that's bullshit. Anyway, so, uh, no, this was all about the kind of the, the deal with uh, Motorsick and the Chinese. Um, you know, Mike Pence basically said in a statement, he said, the president wants to be assured that those resources are truly making their way to the kind of investments that will contribute to security and stability in Ukraine. Uh, I think everyone can kind of like read between the lines here. They yeah. also, I think the U.S. also, they delayed the issuances of licenses for uh, the supply of weapons and ammunition to Kiev, which, like, the Ukrainians had already paid for. So they were, like, literally mm. being like, you're not getting anything <laughs> unless you stop this deal. I gotta say, Ukrainian presidents must be just like, Jesus fucking Christ, please stop withholding money from us. <laughs> like, not, not that I have a ton of sympathy for these gangsters, but it's like... You know, or like, all right, well, the Obama administration's done. Biden isn't threatening to withhold billions of dollars from us anymore. And then the Trumps come in. And then Trump's like, no, 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 I'm sorry, brother. No, we're not going to give you any money. You really got to not sell this company. Yeah. So the long story short is that in March of this year, it, I mean, it worked. So the Ukrainian, I love this, the Ukrainian Anti-Monopoly Commission. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, Matt Stoller is over there consulting Ukrainians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually revered as some sort of primitive god there. <laughs> yeah, they announced a ban on the sale of uh, Motorsick to Sky Ryzen. And this BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed actually reported on this. Um, and they said, they had an anonymous official that literally said that the decision was made by Zelensky himself after taking into account geopolitical issues associated with the Chinese uh, and direct pressure from the U.S., and there's like a quote, and it says, the U.S. is telling us, let's see how you handle the deal with Motorsick first, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> okay. Oh, it's like, a little on the nose. Yeah, it's like pretty, you know, pretty obvious. Um, so basically, like, there is actually a story here that's very wild and crazy. And it's like Hunter Biden is in the middle of an arms race between the U.S. and China over what, you know, uh, military Next technology. generation fighter technology, yeah. Yeah, that they're using the Ukrainians in as like kind of a proxy, uh, you know, like uh, almost as like a site for a proxy financial war. And well, Hunter that, Biden is thing. just like caught in the fucking middle. <laughs> that's the thing is, you know, I fucking despise it when when you hear some of the dumbest motherfuckers in the world be like, oh, Trump is actually like, there was that whole thing in 2016, Trump is the peace candidate, or like, you know, Trump is a nationalist, he doesn't care about this foreign stuff, you know, like, you know, he doesn't start any new wars or anything. It's like, if you've learned anything from 20th century history, is that wars are not only fought with bullets, but they're also fought with money. And that's exactly what happened here. Trump is waging a proxy war, just like the Obama administration, in Ukraine. Over China, I I don't know what else to, you know you want to call that. Well, I want to mention one thing, which is that Sky Ryzen announced just a couple of weeks ago that they're renewing their bid for mm. Motor Six. So the Chinese aren't laying down, and you know we'll see what happens there. I'm interested to see what happens there.
So listen, you cocksuckers, I bet you thought that was the end of the episode. You're like, these <laughs> fucking guys have gone on for a fucking long ass time. They're talking about deals and Hunter Biden being corrupt. I hope you understood what we're talking about there. The end of the fucking story is that this shit is bigger than you think and it's different than you think. And Hunter Biden is in it. But that's not the end of the story. No, we got a, we got some more to get into. Because Liz mentioned the second C word I always get in trouble for saying, China. <laughs> and I want to talk to you guys. I want to start small here. I don't want to start with a zoom out. I want to start with a zoom in. And I want to talk with you guys about a little eccentric billionaire. A guy who ruffled a lot of feathers. Maybe says some crazy stuff once in a while. A real estate developer who has presidential ambitions. I want to talk to you about a man who's friends with Steve Bannon and who has his eye on the top office in the land. A man named Miles Guo. A.K.A. Miles Kwok, A.K.A. Guo Wengwei. Uh, he is a Chinese real estate billionaire. At one point, the 73rd richest person in China. He, uh, well, let's say that he had an eccentric rise to power. Um, he, in the cutthroat world of Chinese real estate, I'm not even being sarcastic. I mean, I'm being a little campy when I say that, but it really is a cutthroat world. He was one of the most cutthroat. Uh, he was basically, the way it works there is the way it works in a lot of places is that you essentially like have a patron. And his patron was the vice minister of state security, Ma Jian. <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. All right. At one point, at one point uh, Miles says that he was actually sent to India to deliver a message to the Dalai Lama, a CIA agent, okay. from, from the, the, the uh, state security ministry. Yeah. Pretty weird stuff. That's he, like he, hazing I, for agents. Yes. <laughs> he just sends you out there to a mountain. That's his night and, march. Yeah. And it just says, the, the note just says, don't give me a ride home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, this guy, this guy's a real creep, too. Uh, you know, in 2006, during a dispute with an official over this thing called the Pangu Plaza, which is like a torch-shaped condo that he was trying to build in Beijing that actually got built. Because he, the, this official was sort of, you know, blocking him from doing it, probably looking for bribes. And so he tricked the guy into making a sex tape with a, tape with a woman who was not his wife. And then handed that over that to the guy's superiors. The guy was fired and imprisoned. And, of course, the condos got built. The guy made a killing on the 2008 Beijing Olympics. I mean, he really fucking mm. poof, skyrocketed there. Unfortunately, evil authoritarian Xi Jinping... <laughs> did one of the most fucked up things that you can do, or at least that a guy like me thinks that you can do. He did an anti-corruption campaign. Oh I don't really want to talk about it. It's yeah, I it's this shit really triggers me because you know I take a lot of money from a lot of different people from a lot of different reasons, and it's just like this is just nightmare shit for me. But uh, Majian was arrested authoritarianly uh, by Xi Jinping and uh, and and you know his. You know, one of his friends, you know, Miles, sees that. And he's like, I got to get out of here. Also, I'm being charged with rape in a separate charge. And so I should probably leave the country anyways, too. <laughs> wait, and, wait, wait. Uh, so he, you're saying he, so he flees the country? He flees the country, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's facing <laughs> millions of dollars in bribes, rape charges, kidnapping charges, which all of which, by the way, I do not think are like invented in a show trial style because yeah. he's also being investigated for rape in America. So that's like the suicide of, of charges. Like, you yes. know, when you go and you get from the soda machine, every flavor. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy in, in just like the time that I've read about him. And by the way, I really want to give a shout out to Robbie Martin from Media Roots Radio. Who yeah. What's up, Robbie? Really fantastic stuff on not just uh, Miles Quo, but this whole sort of scene that we're going to be talking about. Because when Miles Guo gets to America, by the way, he was a member of the Communist Party of China, a workers' party, until 2016, uh, when he when he when he fled to America, he was kicked out of the party, uh, and he 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 he's ensconced himself in a 67 million dollar penthouse in New York, throws his arms back on the couch cushions, probably commits sexual assault, and becomes a resident whistleblower dissident. Mm. God, I this is like the oldest trick in the book, by the way. They did the same by the way, they did the same shit with the with the fucking Soviets. Yeah. Like if I gotta hear any more about, you know, Soviet dissidents coming over oh, yeah. here and selling their sad stories, man. I mean, that's what well, that's what this guy does because yeah. he styles himself as a whistleblower and as a dissident. But the thing is, he was actually pretty close to pretty upper echelons of the party in China. He doesn't really have any dirt on them. I mean, he goes on YouTube quite often and tells these really tall tales about corruption and sex and drugs and the upper echelons of the party there. Unfortunately, even with our media, which is not exactly friendly towards China, even they were like, this is too bullshit for us to touch. And so his persona as like a whistleblower never really took off. And he decided to, well, he decided to start his own country and in, 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 in <laughs> I don't know how to explain this, but he meets a guy named Steve Bannon. Do you remember Steve Bannon? Oh, my God. Who could forget? The man of many shirts. Exactly. Yeah. It's sort of the sort of he's the man who ages five years for every one that passes. Um, <laughs> the acid bathtub. I, yes. Yes. Yeah. The, the possible friend of Epstein and the guy who shut down the biodome, which yeah. is my favorite little fact about him. Very strange. Um, so, you know, he's here, he's failing to set himself up as a dissident. The U.S. government really doesn't want that much to do with him. And so he decides to get, if he can't get to the president, because he does join Mar-a-Lago, by the way, he'll, he got to somebody who is perhaps maybe at least once upon a time had access to the president. That man is Stephen, I don't know what his middle name is, Bannon. Mm. So he meets Bannon in 2017, and the two immediately hit it off. I, I'm sure a lot of people out there remember when Bannon was kicked out of the White House after uh, after Charlottesville. And you know what's funny, Liz? I watched the um, the Errol Morris documentary with Bannon oh, last yeah, night. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they play footage of Trump talking about Bannon before he fires him at a press conference after Charlottesville. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know. He's a nice guy. Probably, probably going to fire him. And I'm just like, it's, he's so dismissive of him. Like, he's a good guy. There's a lot of good guys in the world. Like, you know, it's, you know, he's, you know, he's a smart guy. You know, I, I'm really sorry this is happening. Because you remember, Breitbart had published under Steve Bannon's, uh, you know, uh, you know, overseat overship or whatever had published a ton of pieces that were like the alt right is going to take over the GOP, right, all right, this, right. which is funny because that didn't even turn out to be true. It turned out to be QAnon took over. You know what's crazy too? Just pause for a second. Is that like oh, yeah. everyone thought that for many years over the yeah. like just looking back on the past four years, which I think at some point we're going to have to do a retrospective, maybe in you know of the last four years. <laughs> I think people have forgotten. Yes. Literally what happened and what has said. Yeah. We might get into some of that today. But yeah, it is funny because everyone really did buy into that line about the alt-right taking over. The Pepe's were coming. I mean, the Pepe's bought it too. You know, it was was really, it was, it was a convenient sort of like narrative for everybody involved that the U.S. was about to fall prey to 
Richard Spencer and his like tubby goons, which yeah. by the way, all of those guys are literally just Twitch streamers now. Like there's not, they didn't win. <laughs> they lost. Yeah. Turns out that, uh, yeah, turns out that, that it's, it's more profitable to not be a neo-Nazi, but who would have guessed? Um, so, you know, he meets Steve Bannon and Steve Bannon has rebranded after being unceremoniously booted from the white house in the wake of Charlottesville. I, I, do you remember when like Bannon was seen as like the populist? Yeah. National like populist. People, yeah, yeah. And like even in this documentary I watched, he's like, the GOP needs to become a workers' party. Which yeah, is yeah, I remember that. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um That documentary, so, by the way, is pretty good. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. The, the it's it's Bannon a character is, study. Bannon is like a the perfect dumb guy, smart guy. I mean and, and he is yeah. good. I will say for Bannon, he is pretty good at predicting trends. And and the trend he's latched onto now is is no different. Because when I think of populist, I do not think of neocons, right? <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, not usually. Yeah, generally one does not think of neocons. Um, the, the, the thing with Bannon, though, that confuses me is that uh, he has become a neocon. And yeah. so let's pause on, on Miles Guo real quick. And I want to talk about something called the Committee on the Present Danger. Mm. So... The original Committee on Present Danger was started by Dean Acheson. I don't know how to pronounce it. Acheson? Acheson? He was the, he was the Secretary of State under Truman and a cabal of other anti-communist cold, water, cold warriors like Tracy Voorhees, who was a DOD bigwig, and even guys like Edward Murrow. So it was like this thing. It was like a bunch of military and, and, and a philosopher and, and, you know, and sort of bigwigs and media got together and intelligence agency, agents got together and were like, well, we need to defeat fucking communism because that was the, the danger, the present danger they wanted to defeat. Uh, It was founded to support something called NSC-68, which was a top-secret National Security Council paper drafted by the Truman administration with a single goal, which was full social and military mobilization to defeat communism, not only in politics, but militarily. Hmm. So all these guys sort of diffuse throughout Very cool stuff. I'm hearing a lot of populism here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's actually been a couple, or not even a couple, a quad of CPDs. So the Committee on Present Danger actually was restarted in the 70s, stealing the name for the first. And this one had guys like William Casey, the oh, CIA director. yeah, love him. And my, one of my favorite figures in American history, a guy named Jay Lovestone, who oh, was a God. former leader of the CPUSA, <laughs> later leader of the opposition, and then literally just became like a top CIA agent. yeah. Uh, we had George Schultz in there, and even mm. that, 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 Ronald Reagan himself. Nice. Real so who's who? Like, oh, it's, a, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, this is like, I think there's like a society book you can get if you're in England to look up like who's rich and famous and has Right, parties. right, right. They have one in New York, too. It's like called the Blue Book or something like that. Yes. This is like a, this is like a blue book for guys who have all footage of each other having sex with children mm. uh, locked in their safes. The original um, Black Book. Yes. So around 30 of these guys were actually drafted by the Reagan administration to defeat communism. So this mm. was like, this was essentially just like a feeder group for the, for the, for the Reagan admin. There was the third Committee on Present Danger started oh in, I think, 2004 by mm. Frank Gaffney, <laughs> a shit ton of neocons, and Joseph Lieberman. Oh, it is just man. like classic. <laughs> Love it, that it, guy. It, I, this one was not as extensive as the other, expansive as the other one, but yeah. they burned bright. Was this about the at, war on terror stuff? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. This yeah, was yeah. this was. I don't think people remember. George Bush has sort of been um, 
uh, in reconstructing people's memories as a guy who was like, you know what? Our problem is not with Islam. Our problem is with, you know, terrorists, blah, blah, blah. But it seems like every single person that was in his administration and supported his administration viewed it as like a holy war against the heathens. Yeah. I mean, George Bush is really just an erstwhile painter when you think about it. Mm-hmm. That's He's basically what he is now. He's an artist, which means he should be in prison. Um, that one did not last very long. Although Frank Gaffney kept the idea in his head. So the fourth Committee on Present Danger started in March 2019. And there was an article in it in the New York Times called A New Red Scare is Reshaping Washington. <laughs> We're talking about the podcast, actually. Yes. It is a picture of Dasha and Anna. And they are with Stephen Bannon. <laughs> No, uh, the picture, it's a picture of me, me and Dasha, and I'm holding a knife no, to her. SS no, flag. no, no, no. So the picture at the top is, is just of Stephen Bannon. Uh, the first paragraph says, In a ballroom across from the Capitol building, an unlikely group of military hawks, populist crusaders, Chinese Muslim freedom fighters, oh and followers God. of the Falun Gong have been meeting, that's the Epic Times for you, have been meeting to warn anyone who will listen that China poses an existential threat to the USA that will not end until the Communist Party is overthrown. Well, you know, we're recording this on Halloween, and so I gotta say, that sounds pretty spooky to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> that's the thing. I, 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 wanna, I, wanna, I, I don't want to pause for too long right here. I just want to say something, that in the course of my research about this, and in talking to Robbie and in talking to Liz, is I believe that there is actually an entirely new spider network forming that is connected to the last. Mm. It is compromised of some of the worst, most vicious motherfuckers in the world. And yes, that includes the Falun Gong, who are not just some like corny little weirdo cult group, yeah, no. but actually a well-funded essentially a feeder group for intelligence agencies. So this started in the midst of the trade war with China. And there's another paragraph I do want to, I do want to read here. American intelligence agencies have also ratcheted up efforts to combat Chinese espionage, particularly at universities. I don't know if you guys remember that and research institutions, officials from the FBI and the NSC, the national security council have been dispatched to Ivy league universities to warn administrators to be vigilant against Chinese students who may be gathering technological secrets mm. in the laboratories to pass to Beijing. Well, to be fair, they'd made some arrests. Do you remember? We reported on oh, that. Yeah. I don't want to say reported. What are you talking about? We talked about that. We uh, pundited it on it. Yeah. That's, worse. That's awful. We gabbed about it over mm-hmm. lattes, big mugs, big cozy mugs. Uh-huh. Um, uh, back when we were talking about uh, COVID in like January mm-hmm. or whatever, remember there was the there was a couple of arrests at there was one at Harvard, um, and there's a couple other universities where professors were arrested um, and are being investigated for their ties to the CCP. Uh, well, remember they for, closed down the Houston embassy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I kind of forgot about that actually. Yeah, I mean th- the thing is, is like. The 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 rah rah like chest thumping against China is not a Republican thing. It's not a it's not a Democrat thing. It is a bipartisan political mm. thing. Like you are going to find not a lot of people who won't really um, fall in line with the anti-China stuff uh, very easily. Yeah, that's what's been funny about the election is like um, I mean, just 
you know, before we keep going with this, with, with Steve Bannon, um, you know, Trump and his team have been trying to like tie Biden to China and all this like stuff, like with the Hunter Biden stuff that we just laid out. Right. But it like doesn't work because Biden is also a China hawk. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. They're both just like trying to out hawk each other on China. Like they both are just like, yeah, I, like, you know, Trump will be like, you know, oh, he's compromised, you know, China collusion, you know, whatever, Sleepy Joe in bed with the Chinese. And Biden's like, I hate the Chinese. It's like, yeah, it what are you talking work. about? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, it's uh, it, that that's the thing. Exactly. It, it's not going to work. I mean, during Obama, there was a huge buildup on the South China Sea with American uh, fleets and stuff. Yeah. The other the other thing that's that's well, we'll get to the Bubblinsky stuff in a sec. God, there's so much to fucking talk about here. I, the, I have I, I want to tell you, listeners, I have done nothing in the past four days but read about this. <laughs> there is a lot to this subject. But but back to, to Bannon and Guo. So Bannon is part of this committee on the present danger, and this one has every fucking Cold Warrior neocon motherfucker in the books on it. I swear to God, it's on Wikipedia, the entire membership list. Look it up. He uses it basically as a roster for who comes on his show, Steve Bannon's. Uh, it was called, uh, what was it, like quarantine or virus newsroom, but a war room, but now it's called War Room 2020. Oh, my God. Um, it's yeah. like unwatchable. Awful. It's god I please to our listeners, please watch it because um, (laughs) Brace sent me a clip like a couple days ago and it was just like immediately banned in space. And I was like, oh, my God, it's shocking. He doesn't look good. He should have asked Dasha and Anna perhaps about some skincare stuff. Yeah, he's not well. No, no, not at all. Um, I, th- Liz neglects to mention that the clip I sent her is of a rap song. Well, it's like a <laughs> rap rock song by Miles Guo about yes. an, an, an anti-China rap song, which I will, of course, include in the description to this show. Yeah, he's just like on a yacht, mm-hmm. like surveilling, oh, that- surveying the sea in mm-hmm. a like very glossy Nehru collared sheath. Well, the thing about Guo is Guo actually is really into that kind of stuff. So uh, this is from a New York Times profile on him. One guest who visited his New York penthouse and spoke on the condition of anonymity to avoid attracting Guo's ire said Guo served a rare tea he claimed was worth $1 million a kilo and gave an impromptu fashion show in which he modeled bright red and yellow alligator skin jackets. The centerpiece of Guo's ornate living room, the person said, was a giant model of London's Tower Bridge constructed out of Legos. They got too much time on their hands. Too much time on their hands. Do you know what Bannon calls him? What? The Chinese Donald Trump. Oh. So I, I think that's not what we very see- catchy. <laughs> no, it's really not. That's a direct quote, by the way. So that that's that's kind of what I see their relationship as is Bannon is exiting from the Trump administration, as he says in the the Errol Moros documentary. Um, you know, I, I, my time was up there. He doesn't need me anymore. He's become you know the person that I was trying to make him, which is definitely not true. Um, I, I mean, that is fucking cope if I've ever heard it. But but I think he senses another opportunity. And especially another financial opportunity, because this guy is really fucking rich. And Guo, he actually sees himself sort of as the Donald Trump of China, too. And so they both want each other because he sees that Bannon has some kind of access, although I think less than he thinks. And so Guo gives Bannon a hugely profitable, quote, consulting contract, mm-hmm. the same kind of consulting contracts that Hunter Biden's taken, uh, essentially meaning he just bankrolls Biden or Bannon now. Like, that's yeah. who pays all of Bannon's bills is Miles Guo. 
He's pledged to, do- pledged to donate $100 million to a charity Bannon leads, and he recently announced that Bannon would head a social media company he's in charge of. Bannon says of, of Guo that Miles Guo has been the toughest Chinese opponent that the CCP has ever encountered. He has been the world's leading fighter, exposing the lies, the infiltration, the malevolence of the CCP. And uh, so these two guys start a website called GTV earlier this year in 2020. They raised $300 million from investors. I want you to go I've to never the even GTV heard of website. This. <laughs> well, I I want you all to go to the GTV website right now and try to figure out where that $300 million was spent. Um, they immediately got uh, investigated by the SEC for defrauding shareholders. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so GTV is actually where all the, the Hunter leaks kind of came out in full. Um, yeah. So to our listeners, if you have seen some of the images... Of the like the photos of from Hunter or the text messages or the emails, you're gonna see a GTV watermark in the mm-hmm. corner. And you probably were like, "What the fuck is that?" Well, that's what it is. It's Steve Bannon's company. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, just to describe these pictures real quick, the first the first one I saw was of uh, the first video they released uh, was of Hunter Biden. Lying on a couch, sort of, it's like a laptop or a camera placed on like a, you know, a a table or whatever in front of him. Lying on the couch, and there is a, it's very dark, and there is a woman's body, mostly unclothed, that is sort of rummaging around near his penis. That is all sort of blurred out. And at first I thought, wow, it's a a Hunter Biden blowjob video. Until I realized that the head is actually not in the picture, and that is a pair of feet. And Hunter Biden is not just sitting there enjoying himself thinking of sonnets and and verse he can write for this beautiful woman, but he's actually smoking crack and being like, this rocks, while watching the Colbert late night show. Yeah. You, will you stop sending me this video? I have watched it hundreds of times. But when, when I saw this baby, I, say, I saw this video, I clicked play, and at first there was a weird sort of disclaimer in sort of broken English, and then there was all this stuff about the federal state of China. And at the end of the video, there's talking about like the Chinese Communist Party's plan to destroy America. But mind you, this is bookending a foot job crack video. And then also talking about the federal state of China. Now, the federal state of China is a government in exile that appears to only have uh, Miles Guo in it. That was started by Stephen Bannon and Miles Guo. That has basically like a neo EU flag as their flag. Yeah, Miles Guo. What he does is he hires like hundreds of poor Chinese immigrants in America to wear like shirts with the flag on it and to, like have the flag out. And if you piss him off online, he will literally fly them out to your house. Like even if you live in like rural area to like protest you he's actually flown them out to beat the shit out of actual chinese dissidents in america which is very funny God, that reminds me of the like foxconn so the people they paid to be like foxconn mm-hmm. supporters and they're all wearing yeah. the, they're like look like literally miserable and they're wearing yeah this like pink we, we love foxconn <laughs> shirts yes and so it's like this guy i mean the the, the rest of the pictures in the hunter leaks i mean if uh, just real quick you know he's got m&ms stacked on his penis which I, it's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. At one point, one of them, he's suspended between two couches facing down with an erection. Several of them, he's measuring an erection. He's on uh, FaceTime with women's butts a lot. I mean, I'll include a link. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, he is a scumbag. There's so a lot really of them. That bad. Yeah. He's also smoking crack while driving a lot. Um, which, listen, I have smoked crack. I've never driven. Well, I've driven a couple times. 
Uh, I cannot possibly imagine combining the two. Um, it's yeah, and you know it's but it's really I have not looked dark. At pretty much any of them, just the ones yeah. you sent me. Well, here's the thing: my old coworker from Anchor actually posted a picture of him just smoking crack, not of him doing anything crazy, of him just smoking crack, and his Twitter account was immediately locked, and then he was forced to delete it before he could. No way. Because, yeah, immediately. Same thing happened to me when I posted the Andrew Gillum, uh, you know, pass out picture. Yeah, I was just going to say that, actually. That's funny. So I have, I mean, yeah, we should get into that. We're going very long today because this is our election special. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Bannon's like, I don't, Bannon's Chinese commune is like a very strange project that he's trying to, trying to build. And um, it's weird because all of this is coming from him, right? That's yeah. why we're bringing this up. And this relationship with, like, China is central to this Hunter Biden uh, fiasco and really what is like determining all these weird October surprises in this election. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing is like, there's another Chinese connection I want to get into real quick that sort of connects also with, with, with the, the, the Bannon thing is that a few months ago, uh, something called the typhoon investigations mm. posted a Hunter Biden dossier to intelligence quarterly run by a guy named Albert Marco, just a website that, seems rather sketchy. Um, I can't remember who. I think NBC tracked down the guy who actually wrote it, who is a, uh, a man named uh, Christopher Balding, who's an associate professor at Fulbright Inter- University in Vietnam and who taught in China until 2018. He used the fake person. Have, did you see the picture of the fake yeah, person? Yeah, it's a fake. Yeah, so we, yeah, it's an AI-generated person. It's a fake yeah. person. Yeah, and he calls himself Martin Aspen. You know, it's a pseudonym. This preceded the leak, the actual leak, by months. Yeah. And it comes out that it's commissioned by a Hong Kong tabloid, or at least the owner of a Hong Kong tabloid, called Apple Daily. Now, Apple Daily is owned by a guy named Jimmy Lai, who's a, himself a Chinese billionaire and an anti-CCP activist. He endorsed Trump in the elections and has been arrested by the Chinese government, but appears to be free. He was in a scandal also with taking money from Paul Wolfowitz in Malaysia. Um, he owns Apple Daily, which is a huge Hong Kong tabloid paper, and something called Next Media Corporation, which I think owns all of his different like you know uh, businesses. Mm. And he claims his assistant, a guy named Mark Simon, a senior executive at Next Media and a rabid anti-communist and devout Catholic like Bannon, who is former naval intelligence, mm. an American guy, uh, and who owns several businesses with Jimmy Lai and met Pence last year, he claims that this guy Mark Simon commissioned it. Mark Simon had his emails leaked a few years ago, and some of them are published in the South China Morning Post, and excerpts from them are, my dad was CIA for 35 years, my internship with CIA, four years with Naval Intelligence, and Next Media works on human rights issues and have regular fights with many non-democratic regimes in Asia. He was also caught being one of the main funders of the Occupy Central protests in Hong Kong. Mm, interesting. So we've got two different Biden things converging. We've got Jimmy Lai funding this Mark Simon or Mark Simon funding this one, a lot of the same information from Vietnam, although a lot of it is really bullshit information too. And then we've got uh, Miles Guo in America doing the same thing. And all of it is also connected to the Epic Times, which of course is the newspaper, far right newspaper that it promotes QAnon which is also, I believe, connected yeah. in this as well, because Q was really got onto this stuff very early, uh, that it's all connected. We, we got Pasobiak in here. We got Giuliani in here. If you listen to the QAnon episode we did with Robbie Martin, it's the same network, except I realize it's bigger than that. 
because it's got all of these anti-China hawks in it, and that is its central funding mechanism. Mm. I mean, it drives me totally crazy. We should say, too, the Epic Times, I mean, that's like a dumping site for CIA, like, propaganda. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the Epic Times has had a slick rebrand in recent years. Yeah, and, you know, they've weird. got these, like, young sort of white reporters that, like, are the yeah. public face of it. But, yeah, if, no, it's, it's yeah. Total spook show. Exactly. And if you've ever heard about Chinese organ harvesting of religious dissidents, you, are, you have heard the Falun Gong propaganda. And they are, believe me, brothers and sisters, bad motherfuckers. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot. We just went over a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. and We're going to have know, to do like a full episode of Miles someday. We can, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- I mean, there's more to get into. But I do want to say that like, okay, we've gone almost an hour and a half talking about all of these ancillary stories related to Hunter Biden. And funny enough, no one in the media has. <laughs> no one. Like, no one is talking about this. And, in fact, people are being admonished for attempting to talk about it. Like you mentioned, that even social media companies del- were, were uh, you know, banning the sharing of information about this. I mean, Liz, if I tried to send you right now, like, links to Stormfront, <laughs> like, forums, or, like, if I tried to send you, like, bomb-making materials, or really, like, anything over Facebook Messenger or Twitter, of course, they would note that probably and give that to my uh, handler. But, like, they don't block most things from being sent on social media in DMs or posted, right? And Yeah. And yet they blocked all of the Hunter Biden information. I mean, it was a total, complete, and utter lockdown. And the reasoning behind this, they said, was that they don't want to repeat this mistakes of the 2016 election. So, okay. (laughs) question there because Mm -hmm. my okay so i think there's like two things uh related to that which is one wikileaks is not here i understand that wikileaks is not here as a dumping ground of the hunter biden information and so Mm -hmm. technically there is no source to absorb liability were someone to sue for them publishing this information for them to publish about this information okay i understand that uh i don't buy it though i don't think Mm -hmm. that's the reason why they're not touching this story at all in fact i don't think when they say we don't want to repeat the mistakes of 2016 what they're specifically talking about are uh the the press and the tech companies feeling like they gave either Trump too much, not positive, but just too much coverage in general, Mm -hmm. or that wasn't critical enough, and were too, covered too much noise about Hillary's emails. And when we say the emails, we mean everything from the DNC to the Podesta to to her deep deleting, deep, deep, deep deleting, which is a real scandal, all of her emails from a personal server that she had while she was Secretary of State. Yeah, the butter emails thing like was true. Like there, there was something there. That's that's the thing with all this stuff is like they're not good guys just because the other person's a bad guy. Yeah, but it's but it, what's frustrating is that the press then says, "Well, we don't want to repeat the mistake, which is us reporting too much on information that then led to Trump getting elected in our brains." 
It's like, wait, what kind of editorial decision is that? Like, and literally what it is is that after 2016, all the newspapers and all the networks got so much shit for that from the public. Oh, you're complicit. Oh, you're that. Oh, you're this. Mm -hmm. And they don't want that fucking heat anymore. They don't want anyone to be able to point to them in the event that Trump wins and say, oh, it's because you covered X, Y, and Z. Oh, it's because you gave air to fucking Giuliani and Steve Bannon and Hunter Biden's emails, even though, as we laid out in this very episode, there's a fucking story here. There's multiple stories here. They didn't touch any, It's you know, they didn't do any of that. Like, I, I, I mean, I can't even believe it. It's, to me, it's it's so wild because, like, at the very base level, I mean, there's a few things that are true about this. One of them is that I think even if Joe Biden was implicated in this, which, by the way, I hate Joe Biden. Like, I yeah. think Joe Biden should be in prison. Yeah, he's I have a fucking war criminal. He's disgusting. Outside of a couple sort of, like, oblique references that could be interpreted in a bad way, which, you know, I'm very open to. There is nothing concrete here to nail Biden on. There's yeah. nothing concrete. Even th there's one reference to him as the big man uh, in terms of handing some money to somebody. And because this story was so squelched, Trump actually deployed that during the during the last debate. He calls he calls mm -hmm. Biden. He's like, "Well, you know, something something big man." And like nobody got it because yeah. nobody's well, read these. Yeah, no one's seen any of it. And the other yeah. thing, too, with the tech companies is they're under the same fucking pressure, but it's like a little bit different because, you know, if you remember 2016, Facebook particularly got so much shit for, you know, there was the Cambridge Analytica stuff, which, by the way, this was also not very covered by the press. The Cambridge Analytica, quote unquote, scandal is fake. That was all fake. There was like yeah. the company in the UK was study like went into all of it and was like, oh, there's nothing here actually that did anything. So that was another fucking fake news media that you fell for, by the way. Anyway, but so Facebook, you know, they got all that heat from you know fake news sharing and Trump getting too much, you know, and and people you know believing all this bad news stuff about you know Clinton and the Clinton Foundation and Pizzagate and whatever, as if that was like responsible. And the tech companies, they don't want anyone to be able to point a finger at them because they know that means regulation, government oversight, people mm -hmm. looking into them, and they don't want any of that shit. So what does Twitter do? What does Facebook do? They just block all access to all information. And you know what? The liberal media doesn't give a shit. No, not at all. In fact, it was almost ridiculed. Like if you brought this stuff up and, you know, I will say even people on the left got mad at me for bringing this stuff up. Oh, my because God. Because the me thing too. is, the thing is like they're OK. There is literally a story here. And unless you have a loyalty to fucking Joe Biden, you should look into it. Because yeah. what we've we've laid out here is different than what Rudy Rudy and fucking Bannon's version of what's going on here is bullshit because they're bullshitters. But there is information here. There is information here, and the absolute squelching of this is going to have the precise opposite effect. And I actually, you know what, I'm saying that, but I don't know if I believe that because I actually think the total blackout on this information we'll has continue. made it. It will continue, but has made it almost impossible for any, I mean, almost nobody that I've talked to. And I've asked a lot of people sort of in, 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 you know, in preparation for this episode, if they'd seen, if they'd seen anything about this, anything whatsoever, not a picture, but just any mention of it, nobody knows what I'm talking about. And these are, you know, these are, these are people who are with it, who are happening, who, you know, who read the news and stuff. There is nothing. Go to NBC, CNN, 
New York Times, any of these things. I think there's a couple op-eds in the Washington Post talking about it. The New York Times article they wrote about it, maybe they have another one up now, but the one that they wrote about it, you know, a few days after it happened, was essentially by BuzzFeed fucking Ben, that fucking cocksucker, fucking Ben Jacobs. If he's gay, I take that back. He's just a uh, son of a bitch. Um, but uh, but it's this motherfucker is is... He's patting himself on the back for not for not taking this story. And it's like this sort of navel-gazing sort of reflection on being in the media. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You're, you're the American media? You are part of the fucking government. I fucking hate you, too. Just like I hate the whole fucking government. The whole thing, it just drives me absolutely psycho. Because there is such a... I mean, imagine if Donald Trump Jr., that fucking piece of shit, was caught getting his dick jerked off by a pair of feet while smoking crack. Wouldn't you think that would make the news, Liz? Yeah. I mean, it's come on. insane. I mean, fucking look, Glenn Greenwald quit the intercept. Yeah, you know, I want to say something about that, which is like, I <laughs> I can't believe the reaction that I saw from people on like journalist people on Twitter to that. I I mean, I guess I shouldn't I should believe it because um I mean, our listeners know that neither of us have anything good to say about that industry. But, um, I mean, it, it's what what people's reaction, I mean, it's very clear what happened and the disagreement between Greenwald and the higher-ups at The Intercept and his editor and editor-in-chief was a political one. It's very clear. You can read between the lines. You guys aren't fucking dumb. You guys aren't, you, you know, all these people acting so pedantically and saying, oh, well, he just doesn't want an editor. Oh, well, he does. Like, as if this is an argument about semicolons. Like, it's so fucking ridiculous. And, and what drives me crazy is, like, this shit is, like, out in the open. No one yeah. is is reporting on this. No one is reporting anything critical about Democrat. Like I, 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 it makes me feel crazy. And then if I point any of this out, people fucking say, "Oh, well, what are you a Trump supporter?" No, motherfucker, I'm not a Trump. What are you talking about? I'm just not a Democrat. And that's the thing is that there is a story here. Everything we've talked about today, any fucking journalist could have covered and gotten away with it because there is actual news here. It's not just salacious pics of a fucking of a fucking junkie showing his cock no. on fucking FaceTime. This is There's literally geopolitical maneuvers that are happening. We just laid out a fucking story about military technology and government contracts and money moving and countries blocking one another in order to gain strategic global advantage in the coming what will most likely be the Chinese century unless the Americans have anything to do with it. This is the fucking story. But people just think that like, well, it's, you know what it is, you know what it is, is because all these fucking news, news outlets or whatever, you know, you got fucking Fox and OAN and all these sort of like social media ones on the, on the, on the fucking Republicans. And then you've got all the rest on the Democrats. And I think that like, I think this time, I mean, when they talk about learning their lesson, I think that they're talking about learning the lesson of who they obey, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, they, 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 these places have made plenty of money from the Trump government. They don't really, I mean, it's they don't. It's kind of up in the air who they really give a shit about, you know, bottom line wise. But like, it's 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 they have they have been disciplined and or they are disciplining you rather I should say is like they are telling you by not telling you this information they are telling you like don't pay attention to it and the subtext is vote for Joe Biden and the thing is this fucking information wouldn't move a single vote even yeah. if like 
even if this episode was played to every motherfucker in America, which it should be, because it's a very good episode that I researched very hard. But it's it's like no, no one this wouldn't move a vote. Everyone either hates Trump too much or just like wouldn't care. You know, it's people vastly yeah. overestimate how people would give a shit about this. But it is important. I mean, I think, yeah, absolutely. And what's crazy is like the overcompensation with that fear is going to be even worse because let's say Biden oh, yeah. wins, which, you know, we'll we'll find out when this episode comes out. But mm-hmm. you're going to this this shit ain't going away, you guys. Like no. there are going to be investigations and China Gate and Hunter Gate is going to go on for the next some odd years until Biden fucking dies or resigns and guess who's president now? Guess who you voted for, you little piggies? Kamala Harris. Oh, didn't she get 7% of the vote or something in the primary? I mean, she she should totally be president. Well, well but the thing is, too, you mentioned Chinagate, is we didn't, fuck, there's so much to get to. I'll just mention this for a quick second, is that Tony Bubalinski, you may have heard his name batted around, He's he's oh, he is a goofy-looking character, but he's not like a New Jersey goon or whatever. He was an actual businessman who was in business yeah. with Joe Biden. He was trotted out by, uh, what's his name, fucking Schwartz? Uh Grinnell's little little yeah, yeah, eel yeah. that he uses for his dirty work, who of course we talked about in the QAnon episode, is part of this whole new spider network. And and you know, this guy trots out fucking Bubblinski, puts him right on Tucker. And by the way, by the way, with Tucker too, people talk about him in the same way they talk about Bannon. Like, oh, he's this populist. He doesn't, you know, no foreign wars. Or he has a fucking episode, or not an episode, he's like a recurring recurring segment called like the threat from China. All right. Yeah. All of these motherfuckers are invested in this China shit. Are invested in 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 drumming up the fucking the the the, the goddamn drums of war. Anyways, he fucking gets Bubalinski on there and he leads him with this question. It's like, do you think that this like implicates Joe Biden? And Bubalinski says the words that I knew he would fucking say is he says, I Joe Biden is compromised. And you know what? I hear when I hear that, I hear fucking years more of Russia Gate, but for China. Mm-hmm. China Gate will make Russia Gate because China actually China's China's a lot bigger country than Russia. They they will have a lot more material to work with. And I'm telling you, if you are buying into that fucking bullshit too, you're out of your fucking mind. Okay, that was a doozy. Mm-hmm. I'm doozied out, baby. Well, you know, no, I- I'm not. I do have to say that I do want to talk about China more because I was bugging Brace and we are going to do this, but it takes us a little bit is I want to do a whole episode or maybe two episodes about Belt and Road because people need Mm -hmm. to understand the kind of scope of this project and what China's doing is it's really, really fascinating stuff. Anyway, that's just an aside. I don't know why I I said uh, that. Well, no, I I, I like to tease them. We have been talking about that a lot. Yeah, you know, I like to peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Well, like you were saying, baby, I mean, this by the time this episode is out, the election, well, no, I don't think the election will have happened, but uh, the the election is happening soon. And and I just want to say that uh, first of all, I, I don't know if I said this earlier, I was just thinking this, but we are not a like left-wing podcast. Like we are a podcast made by people who maybe have political opinions or whatever, but we are just a fucking we are we are a uh a uh, deep investigatory podcast. We are unlicensed private investigators. And I want to say something. I want to say something here is because I've seen a lot of people who've told me for years and years, oh, you got to be a radical. You got to be, you know, Medicare for all, you know, fuck the system, you know, uh, you know, fuck the police, abolish the police. And then when Joe Biden, when Joe Biden 
becomes the fucking uh the fucking candidate the the nominee is you know oh i hate this guy i hate this guy i hate this guy you really gotta vote for this guy or we're gonna have fascism we're gonna have fascism and that's all of you people who bought into this democrat narrative of trump being a fascist for the past four years i I, you know if you did buy into it i'm not even making fun of you it's very easy to because you hear it a lot but like i'm telling you that just because something's bad doesn't mean it's fascist Trump is a liberal Democrat, and that's what I really want to impart upon people, is that I, my enemy is liberal democracy, one of my enemies. Yeah, I mean, I we were joking about this at the beginning of the show, but the, the entire, like, I'm going to hold my nose and vote for Biden kind of attitude, uh, or as if, like, you know, oh, you think I like Biden? I fucking hate mm-hmm. Biden. Of course I fucking hate Biden. I'm going to really hate voting for him. <laughs> it's like, what? I, I can't. First of all, that is like the most definitional cuck shit I've ever heard in my life. Why do you care about? Why do you care? Why do you care about voting so much? Why do you care about voting for Joe Biden? I, I do not understand. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I really do not understand it. Um, and maybe it's because I haven't voted for a Democrat in over 10 years. I don't know. But like, I don't get it at all. And I don't understand why any of you feel obliged to do so. Like, I'm sorry, Joe Biden is a fucking war criminal and a piece of shit. Like, I don't understand how and it's like, maybe people are young and they don't know. But like, mm-hmm. it's Joe Biden. It's Joe fucking Biden. Like That's all so these crazy. It's Joe Biden. fucking motherfuckers who are like all every Iraq, you know, everyone involved in Iraq needs to go to the Hague. All these war criminals, blah, blah, blah. Motherfucker, who do you think Joe Biden is? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. He was on the fucking Senate floor on the dais preaching the good word of the fucking U.S. state in invading Iraq. It would not Wish have happened portal- without him. Wish some Puerto Rican nationalists had come in right then. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. And it's like seeing that shit like AOC fucking Twitch gaming for Biden. Don't fall for it. Stay woke, people. That shit is disgusting. <laughs> it's Joe fucking Biden. He's a fucking monster. That man is never getting any. I would never. It would take. I'm, look, I'm not here to vote shame because I don't actually care that much, to be honest. And I think yeah. people vote for things for a lot of reasons. And I think that I'm sure someone can whatever. I don't care about vote shaming. I don't care. But it would take a fucking gun to my head to vote for that man. And I have no problem saying that to the however many hundreds of thousands of people listening to this right now. And neither should Wait. you. I'm technically pointing a gun at Liz's head. Right oh, now. my God. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, if you are a Democrat, then I mean, cool. I mean, be a Democrat. If you're a Republican, you know, nothing I can do to fucking stop you. Um, but if, if you claim to be, you know, a, a communist and one of these kind of radicals that listen to the podcast, I'm telling you right here and now, you got to stand up for yourself and, and you know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm just telling you, baby, it's like, you can't, you can't mystify what's going on here. It's like the, the, the United States as a liberal democracy has done all the damage it has done. It has never been a fascist country. It is it is a it is a capitalist democracy, and once you realize that that's actually our enemy, because I'll tell you right now, baby, things are getting a lot weirder in the next four years. I think I I, I don't know. I think Biden's probably going to win. He might not, but you know, it looks like he's gonna. If he, I you know, I, I'm not here to guess or whatever. I'm not a prognosticator, but like I do know that whoever wins, things are going to get a lot fucking weirder in the next four years. All of the shit that we're talking about on this show, all of the fucking awful tech shit all the spying 
all of the insane fucking like social mores they have now, all of the fucking the, the discipline on you by the US government, by the corporations, by big business, by every every motherfucker out there, all of that will get worse. And if it's gonna get worse, that means you gotta get tougher. And a good way to get tougher is to not fall for bullshit right now. On that note, we'll see what happens. I have to go dress up as Austin Powers right now. And oh yeah, I'm very nice. Excited to do so. Uh, I I just have one question for the both of you, uh, mm. Young Chopsky. Look me in the eyes, uh, Liz. There we are. Mm. Do I make you horny? Oh baby? my god! All right, so here's a done. here's a good party trick for Halloween. It's just just do Austin Powers quotes in a normal voice. <laughs> and like, do I make you Randy? Do I? Do I? I hate baby? this so much. <laughs> do I make you horny? Do I? Oh turbulence! Oh no turbulence! Get in my belly! Right, right. Uh, One billion dollars. Okay, 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 okay. I'm Liz. My name is Austin Powers, and we are joined by producer Young Chomsky. Uh, Young Chomsky. And we will see you in the Chinese century. (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) 